If by chance I was teaching in another country today, that would not be a surprise to them, the weird stuff that we talk about the supernatural. In fact, I'd say something like, anyone see angels here tonight? They would say yes. They're used to the supernatural so much more than us logical, educated, intelligent, so-called people. But we are in a series called Supernatural. And yeah, it is weird. Some of the things we believe is really weird. Sometimes I have a little chat to myself and say, is that really true? Because it, the mind can't grasp it sometimes. Did Jesus really die and take away the sin of the world? And if I can confess my sin, is it true? So sometimes it does sound a little strange. But when you get to understand and live the life that Jesus calls us to live, it's not so bad. It's not so bad at all. It's wonderful, absolutely amazing. And it helps us live life in the full dimensions that God has given. Not just this, what we see and feel and touch and smell, but in the dimension of the spiritual. It's great. The supernatural, the spiritual. I had Paris read these scriptures for us. And uh, I'm just wondering what on earth the people witnessed when they heard that Jesus spoke with authority. I'm wondering if he yelled. I'm wondering whether he pranced around, had a strong, powerful, charismatic voice that could get everyone in with the highs and lows and drama. Was it authoritative in the sense that he said, go and do this, leaving no one with any choice? So what was it like for Jesus to speak with authority? Was he speaking truth from truth about truth? Was he speaking the mind? and the will of God, so that when people heard it, something more than the physical happened so that they could see and say he spoke with authority. What about that centurion? He actually had a discussion with Jesus. He said, I perceive that you are a man under authority. How did he know that? He said, I'm a man under authority. The one in charge of me says, go and do this, or tell that one to do that, and it happens. I do it, they go, I say, get my cloak, go out to war, sit down, stand up. I too am a man under authority. The centurion saw that Jesus, while he lived on earth, was a man under authority authority. You got it? A man under authority. And um, I want to explore what that means tonight. What does it mean to live under authority in the authority that we have in Jesus Christ? Some of the things that we learn from what was seen by these people seeing Jesus in action, we realize that authority is something 
that is given. The centurion said, I have been given authority. I too am a man under authority. Authority is always given. It's a great gift, because gifts are given. It's a permission to do and be and say and speak and all kinds of things. And it also gives us privileges to make decisions, to direct and control. So all up, we have these three words that I'd like to say about authority. It's power, permission, and freedom. One of the great theologians of old said, Jesus taught as if he knew the mind of God and was commissioned to declare it. Have you got that? Jesus taught as if he had the mind of God and he was commissioned to declare it. Hang on to that phrase because I believe that's what God also has given us in Jesus. The mind of Christ and commissioned us to declare it. Hang in there and we'll get there. Did you know that I was once a woman under authority. Um, a long, long time ago, last century, I was a lollipop lady. Before the name lollipop lady or woman or person was ever there. See, I taught up here at Glenview Infant School before it became flats. It was a big school. It was before there were lights, it was before there was a Passover, and the youngest and newest teacher had to go out every morning and stand there and after school. And I used to think, I didn't become a teacher to do this. I was a little scared, horrified, ashamed. There's all these kind of things went through. But the truth was, I was a woman under authority. In fact, I don't even know that I had much say in it. I was told to do it. And in those days, if you were told to do it, you did it. So I was, believe it or not, a lollipop lady. That was a long time ago. Um, and they didn't even give you one of those special coats. They didn't even have them in those. That's, and guess what? They didn't even pay me for it. It was just expected. I was the youngest teacher, I was the newest teacher, get out and do it. So I was a woman under authority. I was given authority to do something and I had to do it. More about that later. But I want to say, where did Jesus get his authority from? This is really important because Jesus has always been God. There was never a time in the life of Jesus that he wasn't God always God. And right from the beginning, whenever the beginning was, there were plans and discussions and communications and a lot of love between the God whom we call Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there's never a time that he wasn't God and had authority. But when he became a human being and lived on this earth, he became a man under authority. And I want to tell you what that looked for. He came to earth fully human 
And he was here to do one thing, the will of the Father. This is what he said. I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not my will. You got that? So what did he come for? To do the will of the Father. It wasn't his own choice. He couldn't go out and do what he wanted to do. In fact, he grew in knowledge and wisdom and started to only want to do what his father did. Hebrews actually talks about, and this is something for another day, it says that Jesus learned obedience. I've had to learn obedience, sometimes the hard way. Jesus learned obedience. He had to do what his mum and dad said. He had to go to bed at the right time. He had boundaries. He had a whole lot of things. The Bible says he grew in, not just from baby through to childhood to manhood, he grew in wisdom. And he grew to know the Father's voice. He was obedient. He said he only did what his father told him to do. This was later on when he was starting his ministry. He listened to God, his father. In fact, sometimes they could never find him. This Jesus that they were following, he got up early and went up the mountain and prayed or out in the wilderness or he didn't even go to bed sometimes. He prayed. More about that when you hear from Winnie about prayer and fasting. Bring it on, Winnie. Um, so he actually said this, I do nothing on my own but say only what the Father taught me. How's that? This is Jesus we're talking about. He also knew where his authority came from and that his role in life was to honour God, his Father, or to glorify him, or to make sure that God, his Father, got all the praise. Jesus said to them, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God. If you want to know whether the teaching of Jesus is from God, you'll know it if you do the will of God. That's pretty powerful. Whether or whether it's merely just my teaching. Those who speak for themselves want their own glory for themselves. But a person who seeks to honour the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. Now that's pretty packed with a lot of truth. Did you get it though? Jesus saying, I speak what I hear and it's not about me, what I say, and I'm not here to honour me, I'm here to honour God. You got it? That's authority. That's as simple as I can say it. However, up until this stage, the centurion rightly called him a man under authority. But after the resurrection, in Matthew 28, Jesus said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. So what's changed from living up there with the triune God, coming down to earth, being a man under authority, 
doing only what the Father says, to suddenly saying, I've been given all authority. All authority. That's our Jesus. All authority. So, what happened? Well, you know, if we want to know anything about most things in the Bible, we go back to Genesis, always in Genesis. We'll find the stories in Genesis. And we know that in uh, Genesis chapter 1, when God created everything, the world and everything in it, then he came and he created humans. Male and female, God created them in his own image. And this is what he said. He blessed them, blessed what he created. And he said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish, the birds of the sky, and all animals that hurry along. Now, here's what's happening here. When we were created, God gave us authority. He gave humans authority. And we were under, humans were under the authority of God. We were to rule, we were to reign. We've always been meant to rule and reign. And that's why people who don't know Jesus still want to be in control and rule and reign because that's what we were made to do. But we were made to do it under authority. So humans were given authority. What went wrong? Back in Genesis, with the authority that Adam and Eve were given, they decided that they had choice not to obey. Okay, what Jesus says as a man under authority, I only do what God says. But Adam and Eve, our parents, decided that they would not obey. And in not obeying, they lost authority. They lost the authority God gave them, and they handed this authority over to the one we call Satan, devil, or the prince of this world. And so we have lived while on earth under the authority of the prince of this earth, Satan, the devil. Jesus once said, you don't know me because you are of your father, the devil, who's a liar, the great pretender. And the devil's never a problem to us until we start following Jesus and start wanting to love him and be obedient. But that's a long story about where we get our authority back. So have you got it so far? Are you with me? We've lost our authority. But its story doesn't finish there because Jesus came. As planned from eternity, Jesus was sent to earth so that our authority could be restored. Isn't that good? Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to resolve the sin problem, which separated us from God, from understanding what was going on inside us, from all that weird and messy thinking we had. Jesus came to give us peace, to reconcile us, and to receive forgiveness, to receive hope, to receive life. And he did this through living among us and showing us 
how to live the obedient life, a man under authority, and he went around doing good. Now, I believe God wants us actually to live the good life, but the good life is quite different from what you see on TV. The good life is being just, merciful, teaching with authority, knowing the mind and heart of God, caring, compassion, loving, okay? The good life in relationship with God, knowing myself and my identity and knowing how to live in this world with my friends, my enemies, my family. And so he went around doing good. People didn't like the truth. They didn't like what he said. And he was dead, killed. But that's not the end. Because on the cross... There's probably a sense where the devil stood back with all of his army and forces and angels, because there are evil angels and demons and authorities, and thought, wow, wow, we killed him. But is that the end of the story? No, Jesus rose again. He rose again, and in that, Jesus defeated death and the power and dominion of Satan. And he delivers us from the kingdom of darkness. And he puts us into the kingdom of light. And from that time on, the devil was given limited authority. He was cast out of heaven. And he was sent. And he has a limited sphere. And the sphere is this earth. It is not access to God. The devil does not have access to God, but he's a great pretender. That's what he's good at. He pretends he's got authority over us. He pretends that he can talk to God and accuse us before God and tell lies and say, God, can you see this? Don't worry about the Job story. That's totally different, and we've done Job, and we've talked about that. This is who he is today. The accuser of the brethren is cast down. But... Woe are those who live on earth, because the devil is roaring around. But that's my message in two weeks' time, so we'll leave that one. We won't get onto that tonight. Death was not the end. Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father so that we might have a new life. God raised Jesus from the dead, all authority now given to Jesus, who, by his authority, commissions us. One of the first privileges is found in John 1.12, where we come across this word authority. This is the first authority verse. Anyone know this one? It's worth knowing this one. It's worth yelling this one at Satan and anyone else that wants to rob you of your identity. But to those who believe him, to them he gave authority, the right, the privilege to call themselves children of God, to become children. So God's authority gives us the privilege and right to call ourselves children of God. And you know what? Here's my little story. When I forget that I belong to God's family, my identity goes a little stew with I start having strange um, 
voices in my head telling me stuff that's lies. And I've got to come back to this verse every time. This is the first restoration of our authority. Authority to call ourselves? You sure? Yep. That's a verse worth knowing. Here it is. The right, the privilege, the freedom to call ourselves children of God. We've been reconciled, made made right with God if we have invited this same Jesus to be our Lord and Saviour and to accept his gift of forgiveness so that we too can be reconciled to God. Listen to Romans 8, 15 to 16. This is another one of my favourite verses. You received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Treat God's children with care. (laughs) Further reading, and as we go on about some of our privileges, we discover that Paul writes about a lot of them. And he actually says, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. More about the Holy Spirit if you listen to Pastor Steve from this morning. Go and listen to it. Brilliant. But did you get that? Freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. We're freed from that. We have that authority so that we don't have to sin anymore. Let me come to that in a minute. Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life, eternal life, because you have been made right with God. You have that authority. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So we have authority to call ourselves children of God, to never feel guilty or condemned because that's been dealt with. That's where Satan gets us all the time. He really wants to ground us down so that we feel this guilt, condemnation, but we don't have to stay there. We've got freedom from the power of sin that leads to death. Get this. Get this. I want you to hear it. We do not have to sin anymore. We do, but we don't have to. We've got choice, but we do, because we're easily tempted. And me too, okay? But I can come back, because the same problem is dealt with, and I just have to say sorry and repent. And so we don't have to sin anymore. We don't have to. Talk about that a bit more. And we can say no to sin. We can say no to the devil and no to this. This is the authority that we have been given because we are children of God under the authority. We stored authority. We overcome our enemy, Satan. We look him in the eye and say, Jesus died and rose again because of what Jesus did. You have no authority over me. And my testimony is that Jesus is my Lord and Saviour. And I love God through Jesus and the Spirit more than anyone else. And I don't care what you do to me because I have the authority of Jesus to say, no, get lost. I don't have to live under the power of Satan. We have a weapon called the divine word. 
back to my lollipop days, back to these terrible, miserable mornings in winter, standing out with the thing, telling them to stop. You see, I had the sign. I didn't have the jacket. I regret that. I didn't have a jacket. And I would go out, and there were painted lines on the road, okay? And if I did that, and I, I, I was a bit tentative at first. I wasn't always sure. Wellington Street, no lights, no overpasses, trucks and buses, little kids. But if I put that up, they stopped. I had the authority, but you know, I had to come from the footpath and take that step onto the road. And you know, I was fearful at first. I didn't believe it. I didn't think it would happen. So the tentative, and then I got a little bit, you know, because <laughs> you'd see the same people each morning. And uh, you get a little bit, yeah, it's, this is an easy life. But you know, it only would work properly if it was the lines there and with the sign. What does the sign say? Stop. Now we know, even to this day, if anyone stands up with a sign like this, we stop. Normally, in this country. I'm not talking about other countries. They wouldn't take any notice. But what I'm saying is that there's a lot of authority in this internationally known sign. There's not much authority and power in me. It's just what's been given. Is that right? So I've got two words to introduce. I've been given the authority, exousia, the privilege, if you can call it a privilege as a lollipop lady. I've been given the authority, but I have to take that step from the footpath to the road with the sign. And the first times I do it, that's called exercising my authority, having the power. It's got nothing much to do with me. I can't stop a truck. I can't stop a bus. I'm not a superwoman. But this sign says it all. But, you know, if I took it home and tried to do that, you know, once or twice they might stop because they'd think something that was important. But after a while... If I abused that authority, someone would report me and I would lose my status as a lollipop lady. <laughs> I would lose my sign. You can abuse the authority that God gives us. But authority can keep you seated on your seat for the rest of your life unless you say, yes, I believe it. I've been, I am a woman. We are people under authority. Authority has been restored. It has been given back to us. It's been taken out of Satan's hands into ours. All authority has been given to Jesus and he commissions us to go and be like Jesus in this world. Go and make disciples. It says, all authority, Jesus says, has given to me. And just like Jesus came, he had the mind of God so that he could fulfill the commission. We too have been given 
the mind of God, we've been commissioned to be his disciples, his discipleship makers, to live what I call the good life on this earth. And how on earth do I do that? Well, unfortunately, you don't get a sign like that. (laughs) Okay, it's not as easy as that. But we do get the Holy Spirit within. We get the Word of God. We get the family of God. And we learn to listen to what God's saying. And uh, we start to be able to distinguish it. And I want to just give two little experience, two little messages here, two little words, because we've got to learn to listen and obey and practice that. Read the scripture deliberately, often. Let the word go in my heart. Practice with others. I remember when I was a pretty new Christian, actually about five years, I felt very convicted in a service one night that I needed to make restoration. I'm not telling you what I did, but never mind. And I was really, yes, Lord, I will. I was so convicted. You know how conviction is? You've got to go and do it. And I went home and I went, did something and I didn't. And the next morning, I felt convicted. I did not act on that for about three weeks. And slowly, the voice of God seemed to dim And I went to read because I could do that and pray, pretend to pray, but I knew that something was wrong. And so I said, yes, Lord, I will obey. It was your voice that told me to do that. So I sat and wrote those letters, but I had no sense of God's presence until after I wrote the letters because it took me so long to obey God. Other times he says, I'd like you to go and do this and do that, and it feels really strange sometimes. But if we learn to obey in the simple things, it doesn't matter if the person that God has told you to go and visit isn't at home. You can just say, oh God, I must have mucked that one up. (laughs) I've got to learn to distinguish the voice. You got it? I've got to learn. And we practice and we obey and we share it with others and we can learn to have that authority. And if we learn in the little ways, we can then learn in the bigger ways. Have you got that? We can learn in the bigger ways. And I would confess to you just tonight, about four weeks ago, the Lord basically, and how does he speak? I'm there waking, awake in the middle, awake in the morning, just pondering, thinking, reflecting. People come to my mind, I pray for them, and something like this, and I felt that I should go and visit this lady. Got up, forgot. And I thought, oh yeah, I will one day. It's too late. I was disobedient. So to exercise authority in Christ, we have to listen and learn and obey, just like Jesus did. And then we can exercise authority over so many other things. And we can see healings. We can see miracles. We can see the power of God at work. But it's more than that. It's about living in obedience with Jesus, going and sharing. Because Jesus said, and here's our verse to finish with, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority, not you, I, on heaven and earth. Therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have given you. And be sure of this, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world, eternally. We are people under authority. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you restored that authority that was given in the Garden of Eden. Teach us, Lord, to listen, to obey, to practice, to be people who know the voice and the mind of our Saviour and Lord. And may it be that we exercise the authority that you give us with power, with the Spirit of God, so that we take that step of faith and move into your will on this earth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.